check it out. Well, this is a test to see if you know what time it is, what time it was, and what time it's gonna be. It's Rockin' Milan, Easy Mo B. You know what I'm saying? And this is how we get down. Representing. Check it out. It's gonna get set like this. We're dealing with some devious days, but bulimious ways. Opposed attack for those that act mischievous pay. Foes of town is bound to hold you down. Physically, you pass when you hold your ground. They let loose the hounds, and double barrel scatters of thunder. When I stand, they want me to be under. See, the government want to remove the GMB over me. Make more men and still live life free. And leave me for sorrow, not promise tomorrow. A job, a house, or a chance to show what I know. I'm out to crusade, all I got is the streets. Cause I've been waiting for opportunity to knock for weeks. If he come, tell him I went to organize an enterprise unity and a community and rise. It means take it back. Whoever's against that, then we attack with various. Shades of black. You're listening to Rakim Shades of Black, and this is Flavor, the Flavor Podcast. Uh, this is a different kind of flavor podcast, and I'll explain to you what that means in a minute. But uh, Rakim from the Pump Your Fist compilation. Shades of black. From off the mountaintop. A great king got dropped because he found a spot and he said, Um, my eyes have seen the becoming. And that's the very last speech that we heard from him. But I'ma remain on the scene and reign supreme and go through many extremes by any means. But I don't need a military, I'm ill already. I kill and bury with an aim still and steady. So bring me a bomb and ring the alarm. When I do harm, I leave more dead than arm. War casualties, more tragedies on the mission to seize spacious nationality. I'd like to shout out all the crew at oword.com. That's O H W O R D, oword.com, and, and specifically Rafi. Uh, and let me tell you what's going on. Uh, he was cool enough to include our Rakim record, Shades of Black, from the Pump Your Fist compilation that Avatar put out. He included it on his list of 50 incredible rap songs that you've never heard. So once I saw that, I said, oh shit, that was very cool of him. And I hit Rafi with an email thanking him for, you know, for, for giving us props like that. And he said, yo, why don't you... Uh, write up a little story about how the the, the the whole track, the whole recording came came about. So because I'm lazy and I don't like to write and my fingers don't work as well as my mouth does, I said, well, let me just do another podcast and uh, tell the story verbally. <clears throat> now, for the, those of y'all who don't, don't know about the song, Eric, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, is <laughs> Rakim... Shades of Black, it's on the Pump Your Fist record. Pump Your Fist record was a compilation associated with uh, Mario Van Peeples' movie Panther. And so they wanted to do a rap compilation, uh, rap uh, uh, record to accompany the movie. So somehow I talked my way into uh, Avatar Records putting out that. And we had a bunch of real cool artists on. Uh, Tupac was on there. Uh, spoke with him just before he died. Uh, the Fugees, uh, Chuck D, Grand Poobah, uh, Search, MC, uh, no, not Search, what's the motherfucker's name? Speech, Speech was on there. 
uh, and a whole bunch of other folks. And I wanted Rakim. So, we said, how are we going to get Rakim? Mario Van Peoples, the director of the movie, uh, had worked with Rakim sometime in the past. So, Mario put in a call. And then I put in a call. And I got Rakim on the phone. It's a long-ass story, but I'm going to tell you about it. It's kind of funny. There's a lot of crazy shit in the story. But I put in the call and said, yo, Rakim, we'd like you to do this record. He says, bet. So I uh, contacted his, uh, <laughs> Bert Padel, his business manager, made a deal with the business manager. Should I tell that part of it? Yeah, fuck it. All right. <laughs> So Bert Padel walk in his office and Bert says, uh, oh, who else is gonna who else is on the record? And I said, Well, Tupac is on the record. He says, You have Tupac's contract? I said, Yeah. So he says, Give me the contract. I said, All right. So I said he says, How much is everybody getting? I'm not gonna tell y'all how much everybody got, but you know, it was a relatively low amount of money. So he said, Give me Tupac's contract. He everybody's getting the same thing, right? I said, Yeah. He says, Okay, give me the contract. He takes the contract, has a secretary. Xerox it, and then he brings the contract back, takes a pen and scratches out Tupac's name and writes Rakim's name and sign it. All right, you sign, you have my signature. That means we have a deal. <laughs> I said this shit is bananas. So all right, so we had a deal. So the day came where we had to record this record. I said, you know who would be dope to produce this? Easy Moby. At that time, Easy Moby had produced, uh, of course, the Biggie stuff. And, uh, you know, so he's gonna, we got him and we said, yo, you want to do a track with, for Rakim? He said, I'm with it. So boom, boom, boom. We made a deal. He, uh, he gave me three tracks. We sent them to Rakim. He liked one of them. They took, talked on the phone. We did a three way and said, okay, how are we going to, how are we going to structure this? You know, and Eric B. I mean, why do I keep on saying Eric B.? What the fuck am I doing? Uh, 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 Easy Mo B. Said, okay, why don't you just flow for 16 bars, and then we do 8-bar hook. And then You know, so they kind of structured it on the phone. It was kind of cool. All right. So then, where do we go? The first recording session took place at D&D. Is that it? Way downtown New York. I think it was D&D. You know, legendary hip-hop recording studio in New York. D&D? I think it was. Okay, whatever. One of those studios down in New York. So what happened was, uh, you know, Easy Moby got the track going. And then all of a sudden, about 7 o'clock, Rakim walks in with the, his crew. Of course, he had his crew 10 deep rolling in. And he was cool. He had this, you know, bomber jacket on like a parka with the fur around the um, around the hood. And he just kind of listens and just kind of vibes it out. And he must have been there for about an hour. Didn't do anything except just listen, you know. And um, so that was that. Uh, after a while, he said, okay, cool. So it was funny because, uh, of course, when you ever you ask an artist to record on an album and he's not signed to your label, you have to get permission from the label that he's signed to. In this case, Rakim signed to MCA Records. So we had to ask MCA. So MCA was having trouble getting an album out of Rakim, 
and because they probably didn't pay him his money that he was due. So um, what happened was MCA was very arrogantly said, "Yeah, whatever. Yeah, Larry, you can you can um, you can have Rakim, but let me just tell you up front, he's not gonna show up." So I said, "All right, whatever. He's not gonna show up. Okay." So they were surprised when he actually showed up. And uh, we found out very early that uh, send him a limousine and he'll show up. So we sent the limousine to his house on the first recording session. He showed up to D&D. The second recording session was at, the next night, was at this studio. And it was, I don't know the name of it, it was right outside of, um, right near... Uh, what's that place called in New York? Times Square. It was right near Times Square. It's the famous place where Tupac got shot originally. Whatever the name of that studio is. Oh, shit. I forget. All right. It was at that studio. And it was, I'm, I'm just going to say it. The studio's whack. The engineer's whack. Everybody's whack at that studio. So we get there. And they couldn't get the mics to work. And Rakim was trying to record. And Easy Moby was getting mad because the engineer was ridiculous, didn't know what he was doing. And I'm sitting up here seeing my dream flash in front of my face. We got Easy Moby producing, we got Rakim doing the vocals, and this motherfucking engineer can't get the mic to work. So finally, this after about two hours of, of, of technical difficulties, Easy Moby just gets up and just breaks out and says, fuck y'all, I'm out. Rakim this just looked at me and was like, I'm out. And of course, the engineer, he left too because he was embarrassed. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing. So everybody leaves. And I'm sitting up there. I'm going, God damn. I had Easy Moby. I had Rakim. I had a recording studio. And I don't have nothing on tape. All right. Next night, of course, I called my girl in Los Angeles and said, you got to find me the best engineer possible in New York. So she goes on the internet and scours the internet and comes out and says, okay, we're going to, there's a dude named Basie Bob Brockman who's going to, because I couldn't work with no more whack motherfuckers. I said, I got to work with somebody who knows what they're doing because especially, you know, this is the third time, it's the third night. So we send a limousine out to pick up Rakim from the crib, comes to, I don't know what the name of this studio was. I think it was um, Skyline or something like that. I don't know. It was fly. I mean, we had to pay extra money. It was extra fly, extra, you know, plush. You know, Basie Bob Brockman comes in here with a Neve G-Series, a Neve uh, Flying Faders, I think, V-Series. I don't know what it was called. Neve board. Had the everything right. Uh, Easy Moby comes in. Engineer knows what the hell he's doing. And then about 20 minutes later, Rakim rolls in. You know, sits down in the lounge and says, what's on TV? And this is about 7 o'clock he showed up. So we watched TV, and during this time, the engineer, basically Bob Brockman, was, uh, was you know, get, preparing the track, getting all the tracks ready and making sure everything was recorded right and getting the levels right. And he was playing the four or five minute song over and over again. And so we started watching TV... And Rakim said around 9 to 10 o'clock, he said, I'm hungry. You hungry? And yeah, he had two or three of his friends there. 
Everybody said, yeah, let's order some food. So then they order some food. Food comes around 10, 10.30. And he goes, y'all want to see the game? <laughs> and I was like, what game? Shit, I don't want to see no game. I want you to get up and go record. I didn't say that. I said that to myself. So I was like, okay, yeah, we can watch the game. So we watched the game from like 10, 10.30, 11, midnight. And somebody in the crowd says, let's invite some girls over. So I'm like, some girls? Shit. So, you know, someone makes a call. You know, two or three friends come over. One o'clock. Just hanging. Everybody's just watching TV. Somebody says, wish we had some weed. Can we get some weed? <laughs> so then... The weed comes around 2.30, and folks are just chilling. And the damn song, the track has been playing for since 7 o'clock. It's 2.30, 3 o'clock now. I've heard this song 17,000 times over and over again. But, of course, I wasn't, you know, you can't, you know, it's a sensitive time in the studio. You can't, like, push somebody in the studio and say, you know, you got to start recording now. You know, it's all a vibe. And this is motherfucking Rakim, the legend, the R. You know, he's sitting up there, and he's chilling. And, but what, of course, I learned later was he was writing the whole thing while he was, you know, watching TV and just hanging out. So around 4 o'clock, he just, 4 o'clock in the morning, he just gets up, walks into the studio area, you know, where the, uh, you know, you have the booth where everybody is with the, with the board and everything, and then on the other side of the glass, you have the studio area with the microphone. He just walks up to the microphone, puts his headphones on, and said, said uh, let's do this, and boom, and ripped the first verse just off the dome so and everybody in the whole studio was like oh shit <laughs> and, and you know of course i was smiling because that was like a motherfucker of course i've been waiting to, for him to you know start busting these lyrics so you know long story short you know it took him about a half an hour maybe 40 minutes to finish the whole song he laced it up, structured it all right, figured out what was going to go where. But his lyrics, of course, were just like incredible, um, you know, and the intricacy. And then he said, the, and he spelled government. And if you listen to the song, he says, the, and he spells the, the word government and he fucks with each letter. He says, the government got to remove the G and be over me, get more mint and still live like free or some shit. When he said that, I was like, this motherfucker is a genius for real. So, it was great. Alright, so he finishes his verse. You know, Easy Mo B is happy. I'm happy. He, you know, gives everybody a pound and leaves. He's off, jumps into the limousine, and off back to the crib. Uh, Basie Bob Brockman finishes up the mix. Easy Mo B is happy with the mix. You know, this was shit. This was 10 years ago. This is 1995. This is 12 years ago. Oh, shit. Um, 95, 96, I think it was. What happened was, um, uh, uh, I finally got the tapes. You know, this is this was, I think where I got a tape and, you know, 
maybe a, a CD was burned, but this is back in the day, so I, I think I just got a uh, half-inch tape. So I got the half-inch tape, and I had to walk back to my hotel. I think I finally left the studio at maybe 6 or 7 in the morning, and the sun was coming up in Manhattan, and I had to walk from Skyline back to my hotel in, in, in New York. And I had to, you know, I held these tapes, and I was like, after all the shit I did for this tape, I don't give, if somebody tries to rob me or something, we gonna be fighting motherfuckers, because I am not going to give up this tape under no circumstances. So, that was the story of, uh, that was the story of Rakim. Okay, end of the story was, I go back to Los Angeles after all this shit to get the record, MCA was surprised that I got it. I had a big meeting up at MCA where the executives up there said, you can't use the record. <laughs> we changed our mind. So I said, ain't this about a bitch? So I got in there and, you know, the people I met with, a couple people were really cool, friends of mine, a couple people assholes. Uh, long story short, they were pissed off that we got the record out of Rakim. We actually got a record. So they they were like, no, nah, you can't use it. I was like, so I had to, you know, walk a very uh, thin line because on one, on, on one point of view, if I came up there and cussed them out, they would have been like, fuck you. They would have caught the law, called the lawyers and, and I wouldn't have been able to use it. So, of course, you had to negotiate. You had to persuade them. So, I, you know, one line, it was a long-ass meeting, back and forth not arguing as much as trying to convince people to do something that they didn't want to do. So finally, somebody said, well, I don't think the record's very good. So I said, well, I think it is very good. So they were like, I said, but you know what? It don't matter what I think or what you think. Let's leave it up to a hip-hop legend and the hottest producer in hip-hop in the world. Let's let them do what the fuck they want to do. And somebody said, well, it's our job to, to tell them what they should do. And I looked at this person like, are you out of your motherfucking mind? <laughs> How you going to tell Rakim, the legend, and Easy Mo B, you know, the hottest producer in the world, what to do? You know, it's, it, we, our job is to back them creatively. Long story short, I asked for all kinds of things. I want to shoot a video. I want to make it a single. I want to do everything like that, knowing, of course, they weren't going to give that to me. And 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 I knew that they were going to. I, I hoped that they were going to settle and just say, "Okay, Larry, you can use the record on the album." Of course, that's what happened. They said uh, you can use the record on the album, but hell no, you can't shoot a video. You can't, you know, release it as a single. You can't do anything. You know, that's part of the whole negotiation with record companies. So that was that, uh, and uh, of course, so that makes it all nice that uh, you read 12 years later that uh, oword.com listed it amongst their top rap songs, uh, most incredible rap songs that you got to hear, something like that. So big shout out to them, big shout out to Rafi, we appreciate the support. Y'all go download this record, Rakim, Easy Mo B, Shades of Black from the Pumpy Fist soundtrack. Hope you found this small little story entertaining. I think I'm going to do this more often. It's going to be called, uh, you know, 
memories from the from the studio or some shit. I don't know. Well, we talk about old records and classic records that that we've been involved with that y'all might find interesting. All right. If you didn't find it industry interesting, fuck you. All right. <laughs> we out till next time. Take care. Peace. <laughs>